0: Here we go, They're seven seconds, Berkovici. he's just going to air it out deep downfield,
1: and uh, no white shirts around oh, touchdown! 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 It doesn't get any better than this. Day. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Today is Selection Sunday. We are mere hours after the release of the 2023 March Madness bracket. Um, there's a lot to dive into, so naturally I have with me... The Interjectors, my college basketball people, um, Trent Phillips, Joey Bonadonna, and uh, White Boy of the Year candidate, Missouri's Jackson Francois. How are we doing, fellas?
2: Living the dream. Living it's that. March. This, this is March.
1: This is
3: March.
2: I mean, there is only one thing that I can think about right now.
1: March. This March. is March. Okay. What region do we want to start in? Go Let's
0: go south. in chronological or southeast, midwest, west.
1: Okay. So, starting in the south, we have the number one overall team in the region, in the tournament, rather. Um, Alabama, they take on the winner of Texas m Corpus Christi, and then, what is it, southeastern Missouri? Southeast
0: Missouri State. State. Missouri State.
1: Southeast Missouri State. Do we, do we see anything there?
0: Mm-hmm. Nope.
1: Absolutely yeah. not. Philip
2: Russell is <laughs> and can give Alabama a till like the second media.
1: Then you look at the eight nine, and they're in some other brackets, some really tough eight nines. This one is a weird one. Uh, Maryland, West Virginia. Maryland's been super successful at um at home, but they haven't necessarily outside of home. West Virginia, the record isn't beautiful, but they really turned it on late. Um, and they've been a really solid team down the stretch. Well, Coach Bob Huggins, what do you guys feel about this one?
0: I don't think either of them are that good, so it doesn't really matter. No. Like, yeah. I think West Virginia is going to win just because they have experience actually competing outside of home and in a tougher conference, but neither of them are that good. It's really just like this is Alabama's reward for being the number one overall seed.
1: Yeah, I mean, makes sense. I have
3: yeah, no pretty
1: reason. much. I mean yeah. I mean when it's you look at Alabama, Maryland.
3: We can
4: lose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Maryland just overall, there's nothing particularly stunning or standout about them than you have. I mean, West Virginia, you always kind of know general ideas. Their their offense, you, you know, usually I feel like when you think of West Virginia, you think of the hard nosed defense. I feel like th- this year their offense has probably been been more the Cadillac C- Cadillac, catalyst. Um but yeah I, th- I think that game's definitely for the right to to lose to Alabama. This I think is the first game that I'm really excited about. San Diego State Charleston. San Diego State known as one of the, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um super sound. They go really deep. Then you have a College of Charleston team that they've been kind of a a team of destiny of sort. They they just let it fly from 3 um then and yeah well, how are we feeling about this
2: one? Um, It's definitely a matchup of, you know, San Diego State's one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they always are. And you were talking about Charleston being a 3.8. It's, you know, a great game. It's a good 5-12 matchup, but I think San Diego State wins.
0: Yeah, so... I, I agree. I think Charleston is an amazing team. I really hate that they got this draw, because stylistically it just doesn't really work for them. They're not a super efficient three-point shooting team, even though all they seem to do is chuck threes. So I think this plays right into San Diego State.
1: Matter of I fact, I don't want to give San
3: Diego State any credit at all.
4: Still,
1: um, when you look at it, Charleston, they chuck the three, but they are two hundred sixth in the country in three-point percentage. Um. Which is notable. But look, they're 31 and 3. And the thing is, this whole podcast and the whole podcast that we're gonna do, where it's a probably a more formal breakdown, we're gonna be looking at all these analytics numbers, how the teams match up. But the beauty of March that none of, is none of it really matters. Um, it matters, but when it comes down to it, there's just some level of chaos that we can try to punch the numbers, but there's a reason that no one ever gets these right. Um, so that being said, I I I think. This is a tough matchup for Charleston, but I feel like Charleston just has the billing of that Cinderella team. So they're my lean as of now. But down we have uh, Virginia Furman.
2: Paladins, a great team. Um, great season. Very well coached.
0: I think it's going to be a Trent, pretty you fun like
3: you, you like the Furman Paladins, Trent Phillips?
0: You know, honestly, I don't see it. I've seen my Western Carolina Catamounts compete with them and even beat them one time this year despite being severely outmatched I just don't think Furman can match up man for man with Virginia I think I mean like Sloss is a great player Richie's a great coach I just don't see it happening I don't think man for man they match up at all
1: I mean I think the style of basketball yeah. that um that Virginia plays can be susceptible for teams being able to stay into games. But I'm with Trent. Like, I think when when push comes to shove, it's hard. It's hard to really pick against Virginia. Fair. Thank yeah. You. Well, who's? What'd you say? Are we all who's? We all I think we're all who's. I'm who's. Um, next one. This is uh, the first one where there are many games where we can point to, well, I guess Alabama kind of, but this is the first significant match where we can point to ties within the podcast. Number six seed Creighton Blue Jays and the number 11 seed North Carolina State Wolfpack. I'm going to, I won't set a timer on you like I did with Joey for Wisconsin in the last episode, but let's, let's hear it in a concise, Let, let's hear the argument Trent Phillips, before we all give our opinions.
0: So here's the thing. NC State is going to win this game, and they're going to win it somewhat handily. They're going to win by telling pigeons. is going to get in foul trouble because we're going to go inside the DJ Burns early like we always do. And then once Joyner and Smith get downhill, there's going to be no rim protection, and we're just going to run them out of the building. Simple as that. If we can speed up the game, it's over. NC State's going to win.
1: Fair enough. Um, I like Creighton, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I, – I really I, – I can't see NC State winning this game. Uh, guard play is so pivotal in March that I think when you have such a talented backcourt like they have with uh, Jarko Joyner to Quavion Smith, it, it's easy to imagine them going on a run. I just think Creighton's a pretty pretty brutal draw in terms of you have Baylor Shireman who, you know, transferred to Creighton and he's – he you know that he's capable of hitting big shots. Um, and the thing about Creighton is they they had that weird patch in the middle when Kalkbrenner was hurt where they really weren't didn't look like themselves, but down the stretch they look like the team they were supposed to. Um, you know, they have a bunch of guards that can make plays outside of Shireman. Uh Trey Alexander, um, Andrew Nemhart's brother, Ryan Nemhart. Uh they they're just a super well, well coached team that I feel like they're clicking at the right time. They're they're very balanced. They don't have like they're they're really good on both sides of the ball. I don't know. Um, I think I think this should be a really good one and an exciting one. I, I just lean Creighton. I think Baylor Shireman's really the X Factor there.
3: Yeah, I like Creighton's potential. I mean starting lineup's phenomenal. And um think when they're healthy, they can go on a run. Like my first initial bracket, I think I had them in my sweet sweet sixteen, maybe Elite Eight. This is going to be a team that goes on a run here in March. I know as much as uh, the NC State Wolfpack are a um, team of this podcast. I think this will be a tough matchup for them. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go Creighton.
1: They're, they're playing pretty good basketball right now.
2: Yeah, for all the reasons listed above, I will also take Creighton.
1: I'm just looking at. I feel like it's a tough matchup for NC State. Of the sixes that they could have gotten, or are in general range, but look. I'll say I'd rather match up with this than have to go to Dayton, which I really thought that they may be subject to Dayton. Um, regardless, the next one, we have the Baylor Bears, the three-seed against the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Um, Baylor's had kind of an interesting up-and-down. They, um, I mean, they're, they're a solid team, it's just to, at least in my opinion. They haven't looked like one of the, the marquee Baylor teams. They ended the season with back-to-back losses against Iowa State. Um, they still have a lot of pieces that even date back to, to their championship team. They have – you know, there's no shortage of talent. Uh, Scott Drew's done a fantastic job, but I don't – I think they should handle Santa Barbara, um, but I don't – I don't know how I feel about them making a deep run.
2: You know what? Yeah, kind um, of same I here. I think Santa Barbara with the how slow Santa plays – I think this is bound to be a really close game. And so, I don't know if I'm going to pick Santa Barbara to win the game, but, um, you know, the guard play at Santa Barbara is really good. So, I mean, I think this is one that people aren't going to think about know, that definitely could be upset.
1: That's fair. Yeah, All I honestly, honestly like think Baylor
3: people are – What
0: said. I think people are undervaluing mean, Baylor big time, to be honest – I think whenever that – if especially whenever they have so much experience as a team and a program in March and a coach who's that experience, if that backcourt gets rolling, they are going to be tough to stop for anybody in the country.
1: That's the thing is I there's no denying that they have the pieces to make the run. You, you pair Keontae George, who's fantastic, with Flagler, Cryer. Um, you know, you have the veterans like Flo Thomba. Um, Jonathan Trauma Chachu getting healthy. They have the guys to do it. It's I think it's just a matter of them putting it together, which is it is very possible. Um, it's just if I'm if I'm going if I'm making a pick myself, I I kind of want to see it. But you're not wrong. I think at this point, Baylor Scott Drew has kind of earned the benefit of of that of that they have a tendency to get it rolling in March. If you're gonna put some faith in someone, they're not a bad bad program to put faith in. Um, down. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jackson. We get the game, uh, we're all waiting for. That's honestly. what I was the game of the century, unless, of course, they win, and then the next game will be the game of the century, and so on, and so forth until we get to Houston. Uh, the seven seed Missouri Tigers, your redshirt podcast, Missouri Tigers, uh, take on the Utah State Aggies, the 10 seed. Um, Jackson, let's let's hear the chalk talk keys to the game.
2: You, you want me to go first, or you want me to go last?
1: I want you to go first.
2: Well, um, our tempos are key to the game, and you know if we can just keep our tempo going, and you know make shots, even if we miss shots, you know just keep our pressure on defense. Um, Utah State's a really good team; they're really well coached. Uh, they've got great wins on the season. Um, but you know I really like the way way we can play, and you know, hopefully we can play uh deep into March That's for sure. Uh, you know. Go April first, April third, win a national championship. You know, looking at Utah State, you always want that first one before you can get any other one.
1: Absolutely. Do you guys play? You play Thursday or Friday? Play Thursday at
2: ten forty a.m. Pacific Standard
1: Wow, love to see it. Before we get on to our our own, I actually want to ask you, Jack. So, what was it like um, going through the SEC tournament? Like. Like, experiencing that as a player and going through Selection Sunday, watch party, and so on and so forth. What's that kind of, I mean, what's it was that awesome.
2: Like? It was awesome. The travel's fun, right? And, you know, you're there for so much longer than a normal road trip. Um, you know, it was fun. This Just getting through the SEC tournament, winning a game, it's just it's so much different. It's just so much more grand, right? And the Selection show was fun. We had, like, three or 4,000 people just in our arena for the Selection show. It was, it was super fun. I mean, you see your name called, and you would kind of go crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome experience. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully we'll get three more years of that, yeah? Exactly. That's
2: what that's, we're all hoping.
1: Cool. Um, My thoughts on Missouri-Utah State is Utah State is a surging team, and by no means would I be surprised if they pulled this out. But I think that Kobe Brown is going to feast. I think he's going to be a man amongst boys in this game. Um, Utah State has some players, but I don't think they have anyone that can truly match what Kobe Brown does. He's just such a such a multifaceted player that can beat you in different ways. Obviously, he's coming off of um, you know a little bit of a disappointing performance against Alabama. didn't didn't really shoot the way that he normally does, but you saw what he did against Tennessee um, twenty four or twenty five or so points. Um, he's a guy that can take over a game. I think. Uh, I think he he's going to be the key to that, um, and and Jackson's Missouri Tigers moving on is I think he obviously you're going to have to get contributions from elsewhere, but I I think he might score thirty.
2: I hope so. I mean, well, I mean, he scores thirty, that means we win the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I
4: I'm definitely taking Mizzou in this one. Um, I think that matchup with Arizona, which we'll we'll get ahead to, is going to be interesting, and we kind of talked about before, but. I think Mizzou should handily deal with Utah State. Utah
0: State's ability to really shoot the three ball consistently, I think, is going to give Mizzou problems, but I think Missouri's pace is just going to be too much in the end, and they're pretty much going to out-cardio them.
1: That is the big draw of Utah State, is they are ninth in the country in three-point percentage um both of these pretty pretty high powered offenses i would expect this to be a high scoring game and um i don't know if he's actively here but i'd like to welcome in the fifth member of the podcast who's possibly or possibly not trent sweeney thank you for joining us thank you for your service um entering the zoom call we'll move on action by trent sweeney
2: hey can you guys hear me
1: yes we can sir sir Oral Roberts, baby. Oral Roberts. We'll get there soon. Um, the last matchup, round of sixty-four in the South, Arizona Princeton. Um, I'll be rooting for Princeton very hard. Um, if this was a academic competition, I think Princeton will kill him. But I, uh, I have a hard time seeing Arizona get knocked out here. no say, to that,
4: that Arizona is going to
0: win.
1: What'd you say, Joey?
4: How can you say that with an Arizona grad in the family?
1: Oh, Joey, where Joey, Joey, Joey? What am I Arizona supposed to? Say? I don't violence. know what you to say. That like,
4: you know, Aloha, um, and so on and so forth, but still Arizona, uh, by uh, a bit, a bit, a bit, fair, quite a bit. Statement hey, Um,
1: those bigs are good. They also uh, have Kirk Arisa. yeah. Well, well, Kirk Arisa. Um, Kirk okay, Jury's out on Kirk Orisa Kirk Kirk is bad, not good. Um, so okay, we don't need to go through every single matchup from there because obviously we have different ways, but ultimately, who do you guys have coming out of? this south region, what what potential matchups are you really looking at as we as we move forward? Missouri. Is there a particular team All right. is there a particular team yeah, outside of the team? Missouri planning conquest?
2: Yeah, Alabama. Run it back, down not we? We had them beat uh Saturday, so we can make shots in the second half.
0: Yeah. I think um, a team primed to yeah. make a run for sure, has got to be Virginia, just, again, based off matchups. I think if they get to play San Diego State in the second round, that is probably – that might be the worst game of the entire tournament. But, First again, like, man for man, I think that really favors Virginia. And if they can win two games – if anybody can win two games, they can make a deep run, let's be honest. Yeah, I think I like... my team to watch – okay, go ahead,
4: Jackson. I was going to say, yeah, I definitely,
2: I definitely think Missouri.
4: I mean, I, I don't even know why I ceded to him because I knew what he was going to say. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'd say, I mean, obviously Alabama's a, a fun team to watch. But talking about him before, I think Creighton uh, um, has a good chance to go on a run here. Um, again, my first bracket had them in the Elite Eight. Uh, but I think we'll, we'll see what comes out of that – top half of
5: the bracket but I like Creighton yeah I like Creighton too Creighton's one of my teams that I picked at the beginning of the year to win this uh, tournament and now they have Trey Alexander Trey Alexander's my man so I'm first round exit I uh that's crazy
1: I'm pretty all in on Creighton but what I will say to you know pander to to the big name here. Oh my God. The background. Um, I, I think Missouri has can, can upset Arizona in the second round. It won't be easy by any means. Arizona is pretty sound on on both sides of the ball, but, um, where I think Missouri could get it done is Missouri does have a knack for, uh, forcing turnovers. And that's one of the, the rare flaws in Arizona is they turn the ball over, um, a lot more than they should for a team of their caliber, and it'll it'll definitely be tough down low. I think that's the biggest advantage for Arizona is that Mizzou doesn't exactly have the prototypical size bigs to really handle the duo of Tubalus and Ballo. But we've seen Missouri play. I mean, time and time again, they've played teams where where they're big underdogs or at least perceived underdogs, and they just find ways to win. Um, and I I think this is an example of that. It's less of a maybe X's and O's and more of just a. Uh, stylistic kind of thing. I I think Missouri can definitely, um, not even just because Jackson's here and I'm trying to get, you know, I've been trying to get athletic director Desiree Reed-Francois on the podcast for years. I think they can genuinely do it. With that being said, um, I have Alabama going out of this region. I do.
2: So what is everyone's uh, South champion?
1: Uh
0: NC State.
2: We're really not homers on the podcast. I. I love it,
0: but if I was if I were to go with anybody else, I'd go with Virginia. I think Virginia is just gonna. I think, especially if they can make it through those first two and run into Alabama. Um, I don't know if Alabama's seen that style of play.
1: That will be yeah. a fascinating co- matchup with the contrast of style.
0: And Virginia hasn't seen it on the same level. Like, they've seen the type of style of play that Alabama has. They've seen teams like Miami, and obviously that's not the same level, but I just don't know if Alabama would be ready for it.
1: Joey, who do you have coming out of the South? You're muted,
3: Joey. Uh, yes, I was muted. I was muted. I, I don't want to be boring and uh, stay Alabama, but I feel like this – this should be Alabama's thing to lose. I think they've obviously played solid basketball recently. Um, if I if I wanted not be boring, I'll go with Creighton.
5: Sweeney, I don't want to sleep on the Big Twelve team. Baylor, they've had some big wins this year, and
1: they have the um, the weapons to get it done. I like it. Um, so that is the south. Do we want to go go down to the east?
3: What's such yeah. a horrible east region?
1: Weird east region. Starting off, uh, Purdue will take on the winner of Texas Southern and uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. Texas Southern, several games below 500, but made the run in their conference tournament. Um, and uh, yeah, how many... How many points and rebounds is Zach Eady getting in this game?
0: 23 and 17.
3: I was going to say at least uh, 20 rebounds for the, for the big man. Depends on how long he's in. I think
0: point, he's like, going to he get pulled pretty early.
1: That's fair. That's a good point. Um, yeah, shout out Texas Southern for making that run. Um, Texas Southern beat ASU. At the beginning of this year, and that is a pretty awful loss resume wise. But look, they're both in the tournament. That's all there is to it. Um, the eight nine in this region's I think should be one of the better first round games. Uh, Memphis FAU, Memphis coming off of that big win today against Houston, and FAU that's kind of been been one of those teams of destiny this year. Um, they've been just they they've looked pretty steady all year long with some big winning streaks. Uh how do you guys feel about this one?
0: As much as I love FAU, Memphis is one of, if not the hottest team in the country right now. So I have a really hard time not picking them. I hate to push
3: uh anti Big Ten agenda, but I, I know you guys would like it. The best eight nine matchup is the only one that doesn't involve a Big Ten team. And it's Memphis FAU. I Honestly, I'm going back and forth on this one. Dusty May has done a great job at FAU this year. But, I mean, Memphis just beat the number one team in the country. So, obviously, both of them have um, solid resumes right now. And I think this will be a good game. It'll be interesting what happens when they run into Purdue. Maybe they can make some magic happen. But I think this will be a really good tournament game um, at least um, if neither of them go very far afterwards
1: yeah um i i i gotta go memphis like Trent was saying memphis is just super hot um and they've looked like more of a complete team than a lot of times the way that we've seen them feels like they're hitting their stride at the right time um by no means my counting out fau um but kendrick davis is just a certified bucket um
5: Top 10 you. In yeah, the absolutely. nation in scoring. What'd you say? I said top 10 in the nation in scoring. He's so tough. He is. He can get, he, he can get a bucket at any time. Yeah. And people like that, he can go for 30. And just,
1: totally. that, that's the game right there for them. Um, next matchup in this East region, uh, duke Oral Roberts, the 5-12 game. And uh, I don't even know where to start. I'll pass it on to you, Sweeney.
5: They got uh, Max and March again. And when Max and March, we see what happens. And he has uh, Connor Vanover. He's going to uh, make a difference. What, three blocks a game?
1: Yeah, transfer from guess,
5: Arkansas. Uh, yeah, transfer from Arkansas. And they still have Kareem Thompson, dude with long hair. You probably remember him. Uh, and yeah. they also added uh, Isaac McBride, a transfer from Vanderbilt. He started at Kansas, too. And he's like, he's,
1: he's a bucket. Yeah, I mean, Oral Roberts, it feels like, obviously, last last time around when they got in, uh, Trent Sweeney, he himself was able to make some picks. You know, he didn't doubt them. But now they're kind of a known commodity, and it's not – they're good. Like, they're legitimately good. It's not just a team making another bid. Max Asmus is legitimately one of the most electric players in the country. Connor Vanover's been a huge difference maker. I was saying, like, if they – in some sort of hypothetical universe, if they still had Kevin O'Banner there, I think they would legitimately be a national title contender. They, you know, say what you want about their competition, they run rough shot over. It. They, they shoot the ball efficiently. They don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, they're they're not necessarily, you know, obviously it's sometimes hard to gauge when you don't play the the greatest of talent, but like. Look, when you can score like that, and when we've seen it before in that style with a guy like Ace Smith going up against that top flight competition, winning, it's you got to have confidence in in Oral Roberts. With that being said, Duke is one of is one of the hottest teams in the country. They're really starting to hit the, their stride. Some of the young guys looking looking better, more cohesive unit. Um, I think it was probably one of the tougher draws that Oral Roberts could have had, and vice versa for Duke. But it's hard for me not to pick Oral Roberts. That that's definitely my lean as of right now.
0: I think this is going to be a Duke blowout. I mean, if you just look like, especially roster-wise, you know, obviously Duke's going to be deeper, but if you look at the starting lineup, I have a really hard time seeing how Oral Roberts could really get offensive consistency outside of a And even him, he's going to have Jeremy Roach on him. Vanover's going to have to deal with Kyle Filipowski and, or, yeah, Filipowski and Derek Lively down there. I think it's just they're going to have a tough time. I think Duke's going to win this game by a lot.
3: I think this is one of those that Oral Roberts just kind of seemed like a slam dunk 12-5 upset all season, and now they get this draw. It, it very similar to last year, which was also Trent Sweeney's pick with Chattanooga, and they got a tough draw with having to play Illinois out of the gate. I think that that's going to be similar to this one. I think Oral Roberts, I mean, if they're cooking, they can make it Thing happen but I mean Duke is one of the most iconic faces in college basketball it, it would really be a, a David versus Goliath even though Oral Roberts is playing extremely hot I mean Roberts and Duke if you're just looking at this from that kind of standpoint that that is a tough draw tough draw for Oral Roberts
1: yeah I mean just seeing Oral Roberts again is just it's sick. I think that that should just no matter what regardless of the outcome, there's there's so many storylines within that that I think that should be fantastic. Um the next one, the Tennessee Volunteers, the four seed, taking on the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. This is not the only podcast, but I'm wearing my Raging Cajuns hat. Um, it this is a fascinating matchup. I was interested to see where Tennessee would be. Um considering the injury to Sakai Ziegler, um the you know, they're still loved by a lot of the metrics, but it's gonna be it's going be an uphill battle without him and they they play fantastic defense overall. but it, it's just it feels like this is one of the teams that they're going in pretty cold um, and I don't know. um they, there's not necessarily anything specifically to me about Louisiana that. Makes me like thrilled with them. It's more just it feels like Tennessee's going into that downward slope and they are, have traditionally struggled in March. I yeah, think, I mean, yeah, go
0: ahead. I think Louisiana's going to win. Um, especially no Ziegler. Tennessee just does not look the same. I think Jordan Brown is going to be, he's a huge breakout star to watch in March this year for the Raging Cajuns. I just, I don't know, I have a weird feeling about Tennessee every year. And yeah. no Ziegler, they just really do not look the same.
1: Yeah, Jordan Brown's just a total, he's what, 6'10 or so. Um, pretty athletic, he can beat you in different ways. But the thing that I found interesting when I was watching, obviously I, I haven't necessarily been the biggest um, follower. Uh, I'm, I'm a kind of a fake region Cajuns basketball fan, like I can't, can't say I follow all the time. But in their championship game against uh, South Alabama, I believe it was, it wasn't Jordan Brown that was leading the scoring. It was they have a point guard. I don't remember his first name, but first his last name is like Folks. Um, he was a stud, and it felt like when you're watching that game, it wasn't just a one-man wrecking crew, um, which I think is important. Cause it's, hard, it's hard to pull off an upset like that with purely one guy. Obviously, you can have a guy go off, but you're not going to be able to account for – count for all 60 plus points or whatever um but yeah i mean when you look at the metrics louisiana top 50 in offense um top 50 in three point percentage uh top 30 in offensive rebounding they take care of the ball pretty well they don't green out fantastic defensively but they're they're a solid team um i i also Man, that's not
0: something to worry team. about against tennessee
1: yeah
3: Yeah, I think, um, obviously, Tennessee not playing great basketball right now. Louisiana just had a great run in the conference tournament. This is another one that looks like it could be a pretty solid upset pick. Um, just Really don't know how this one's going to land. I, I'll lead in Louisiana right now, but yeah, I, I think this is just going to be one that during the week, you'll be playing devil's advocate with an upset pick and then start to lean Tennessee. I'll, we'll see where we land on when it comes to finally putting together a bracket. Sweeney?
5: I'm, I'm going to go with Tennessee. But I know, like, when I'm filling in my bracket this whole week, i want to be wanting to pick uh, Louisiana every single time. I yeah, just don't same. Think it's gonna that's kind of how that's, I feel Yeah, too. that's just like – it's one of those games,
1: yeah. Kind of just you get to a certain point where, where so much of March, it's it's just off of vibes and just general matchup styles. Um, next one we have the six eleven, uh, Kentucky versus Providence. Uh, Kentucky kind of surged as the year went on. They look more like a bubble team to closing out fairly strong. Um, then you have Providence that kind of. A little bit was the opposite. They ended up, they got a bye. They didn't have to go to Dayton, but 11 seed, not exactly where they wanted to be. How do we feel about this game, fellas? I, like I
3: think Kentucky. this is, yeah. Right,
0: I think this is a fraud off. I just want to put that out there.
3: That is also true, but I still like Kentucky.
1: I think Kentucky's going to blow them out of the water. I don't believe in Providence. I yeah, really
0: Kentucky's gonna
1: win. I mean, I think look, both of them can score, but I just think, I don't know. Providence just hasn't looked like a like a legitimate threat to me, and Kentucky obviously has had, you know, is far from perfect, but I'm gonna take that more talented, more, you know, well-rounded team from Lexington, just kind of win in doubt.
0: I'm taking Oscar Sheboy. That's my pick.
1: That yeah, that's the thing is Sheboy. Pretty I mean, much, Sheboy is just such a huge factor.
3: I really, I do like. um he's a great transfer from Illinois State. Johnson um, did target him. I thought he was just going to be like a huge steal, but him ending up with Kentucky, he's really turned it on for them this year. I I'm very interested to see how he does in this tournament, and. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how far they go. I I mean obviously Shibuy is the defending national player of the year and it it's Kentucky. They it's yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Sweeney, anything to add?
5: I don't know what uh Joey was saying. Um Antonio Ruiz he uh he had like a rough stretch in December where he really wasn't doing anything at all. But now that he's they're kind of involving him in the offense a little bit. he's uh he's actually taking a big stride in that and he can be a difference maker in the tournament yeah and we all know what a uh, Oscar can do,
1: yeah um the next one, the three seed Kansas state taking on the fourteen seed Montana state. and before the podcast, we had a certain member. I was feeling very good about Montana State, so I'd, I'd love to hear the rationale behind that one.
0: Y'all can go first. Okay. Um,
1: I I'll, like I'll Kansas go. State. Yeah, I,
3: I, I mean, I can't say I've watched a lot of Montana State this year, but I, I, I feel like just Kansas State has to be the the pick here. I don't know if I like them to make a deep run though either. I think the, the obviously having a first year head coach despite Jerome Tang being fantastic, I just don't know. I think he needs a few more years under his belt before they go on a deep run. I I would still take Kansas State in this round 1 game.
5: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the big I think the Big 12 is going undefeated in the first round. So
1: I don't know if I do that for it, but I like I like Kansas State. Um, I'm not 100 certain about how I like this region shaking out, but Kansas State, yes, they don't have you know that first. It's a first year coach, but it's a guy who's been around some you know a successful program. That is, I mean, and he he should be the national coach of the year. I don't really care about age when you when he's done such a fantastic job. And they don't necessarily have tons of like deep postseason experience, but they're led by two fifth years, Marquise Noel. Um, uh, Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel is just like like if you know college basketball, you know him. You know how exciting of a player he is. But I think when when we get into March, and we have some people who might not be as as familiar. I think he's going to be one of the one of the stars of the show. He's just so quick, so so nice with it. Um, he I want to say has nearly like eight assists a game. I really like this team. They're they're well coached. They they play hard. Um, I think. You know they might. With them, it'd be nice to see kind of a third, fourth option emerge for them to to make a a deep run. But I I like uh, Kansas State here.
0: So I think one of Kansas State's big two stars is going to get in foul trouble. Raekwon Battle is a big name to look out for. He's going to score twenty seven. And Montana State is going to win a close, low-scoring game whenever Kansas State goes cold from the field in the second half.
1: Fair enough. I mean – It's a very specific it.
3: prediction, and those typically go correct.
1: Or miserably wrong. Not much in between. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be one of the wrong. two. Um, let's see. The next one in this region – where did my tab go? Um, Michigan State, the seven seed, against USC, the ten seed. This is a weird one. Um, my lean is towards USC, but I don't love it. Um, the main thing is USC has a guy that can take over the game in Boogie Ellis. And if Boogie Ellis, if we get the version of Boogie Ellis like that we saw the their uh, last regular season matchup against ASU, or him and their even their losing effort against Arizona when he scored something like thirty five. That, you know that's a winning type performance um and the other part of that is Drew Peterson hasn't looked like himself but if he's if he's healthier going into the tournament he's such a tough guy to stop um they I mean USC the the depth isn't great and especially if if uh Iwuchukwu, their backup center isn't available they're they're pretty sh- pretty small on the bench in terms of big man depth which could be concerning um I don't know. This is a tough one. I think Michigan State's an underrated team as well. They've been solid um, all year long. I think you can't doubt what what they're building there with Tom Izzo. They can shoot the three ball really well. Uh, I don't. I'm I'm really not sure. I think this is one I could definitely see going back and forth on. As a matter of fact, I, I'm kind of talking myself into Michigan State already, so I'm flipping that.
0: Three yeah, words. I mean Tom Izzo in March is just yeah tough.
1: Except uh, yeah, Michigan State wins. Um, Sween. Yeah. Yeah. Joey.
3: I'll go. Yeah. Um, especially in this East, I don't see obviously Duke and Kentucky are there, but um, there's just the iconic coach of Tom Izzo, and I like him to go on a run. The month of March is his. I mean, we've seen it for several, like, decades now. Tom Izzo, I, I like the matchups that he has in front of him. I think they can go on a deep run. They have guys that can take over, not necessarily to the level of Boogie Ellis, but Walker, Hogard, the the Stevens Point native, uh, uh, Joey Hauser, uh, Sissoko has been solid for them uh, defensively at times. I think they, they can figure things out. They have guys that can score, and I like them in this game, and I like them to beat Marquette in the round of 32 and go on a run.
1: Um
5: Sween. Yeah, um uh, this is a game. Mm. Are you so? uh MSU USC, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh Boogie Ellis. He's a guy that I really liked when he went to Michigan. Or not Michigan, Memphis. My bad. When he uh went there coming out of high school. One of those uh ball is life kids, you know when you're scrolling through balls life, you'll see him all the time. San Diego so, Local uh,
2: P B yeah, San Diego Michigan Local. Bay?
5: And uh, but you can't can't doubt Izzo in March. So this is a game I'm
1: really probably not going to decide to my last bracket on Wednesday night. I'm I'm with you. Um, then we have the last matchup in round of 64 in this region. Uh, the two seed Marquette against the 15 seed Vermont. Um, you know Marquette for all you know, everyone doubting them as you know can be fair to a certain extent they've continued to win um they're more than deserving of this two seed um and look they can they can score with the best of them there's no no doubt about that there's nothing that great that stands out to me about this vermont team that makes me in love with them for this upset um i don't know if anyone else disagrees
4: mark have ports on. yeah big yeah.
1: one i mean
3: as much as I've kind of just been waiting for a Marquette slip up, I think it's going to come in the round of sixty four. I think it could come in the round of thirty two against a guy like Tom Izzo. I mean, give him credit; they they found a way to win games. Um, I think even talking about this with. Um, of mine they go to Marquette they, they just like they know or at least it used to be that Marquette wasn't going to win the big game but now they're big east regular season champs they're big east tournament champs you know you can't hold that against them they're a number two seed very deserving team and they have stepped up when it mattered most to this point now when it gets to the big dance we'll see where it goes I think this team is going to be good for years to come but are they going to get this run here i guess it is year two of the the smart era but I, I just i think that matchup with tom Izzo lurking in the round of 32 is going to be a tough one for him obviously still taking him against vermont
1: yeah um okay so in this that that concludes round of 64 in the east who do we like coming out of this region
0: I think Duke and Memphis are World gonna numbers. meet each other. Whoever wins that wins the whole thing. I think Duke comes out of the East. Um. Yeah,
3: I, I, I think, um, Purdue kind of just gets swept under the rug because uh, just because you kind of see what happens to them in March. I'd like them to make the Sweet 16 just what they have in front of them. They're two tough teams in the round of 32. But again, that's the boring pick. That's the chalk pick, number one seed. If I'm picking somewhere else, sticking to it, I like Tom Izzo to go on a run here. Maybe potentially the Final Four. I, I, I like what they've got.
5: Yeah, I got, I mean, mine's chalk pick too. I got Purdue. I think if they're going to do something, this is the year they're going to do something. Zach Edie is just a dominant force. But if I don't go with them, as much as I want to say Oral Roberts, it's going to be Oral Roberts.
1: Look, I'm I'm really there. I don't – this region's so hard to me because as I gave Marquette their flowers, I don't know if they're built for a deep run they, Feels like there's so many close calls that it's going to be tough when you're playing tougher competition in March. Um, Purdue is great, but I don't know as they go along, they have really young guards. Obviously, what you get from Zach Edie is great, but um, at a certain point, you're going to need other guys to step up. That's just how March kind of goes. I honestly, a lot of me wants to go Oral Roberts, and I'm really close to doing it, but I, I like Kansas State, I don't think anything necessarily on paper says that this Kansas state team is, is super qualified to be final four, but I just think they have the experience. They have the continuity camaraderie um, and the way it sets up. Like, I think there's not really any clear matchup nightmare to me. I think, you know, they, they match up pretty well with Kentucky against Marquette. I mean, Marquette's a hard team to stop, but if any team's going to be able to stop them, obviously Kansas state plays, Plays phenomenal defense, uh, and yeah. So my my tentative pick is Kansas State. I want a lot of me wants to take Oral Roberts, but by the end of you know the end of the first four, I I might have an entirely different team. I I really don't know out of this region. I I don't like this region.
3: I I definitely I kind of want to go back on my Kansas State. I I mean everything about this team I've, I've liked them all season but I really think with the first year head coach it is again as much as I love Jerome Tang I kind of want to see it before I believe it kind of thing um, but I, I certainly think they're capable of it um, I just I, I want to see what happens in this first weekend and then we can kind of I guess revisit when we do our sweet 16 uh, that we typically do
5: they got to get past Montana State first how get past Montana State first? <laughs> Absolutely, but, but no. Uh, Kansas State has they beat Kansas, they beat Texas, they beat every team in the Big Twelve. Every top team in the Big Twelve, they beat them. So they can beat good teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kansas Kansas State was my pick to win the Big Twelve tournament. That didn't come to fruition, but might as well ride it out. I guess um, they
0: can also lose to bad teams. Though is my thought process.
5: Fair, yeah but I mean they went on the big stage
1: we shall see um next region we're moving on to the Midwest um the number one seed there the Houston Cougars taking on the 16 seed the northern Kentucky Norse um certainly pulling for the Norse I think Houston should uh should be able to move on to the round of 32
0: Houston by 42 (laughs)
3: I think Houston is a pretty popular pick to go to the final four here and it's probably going to be my pick. It's really going to come down to what happens here with Marcus Sasser. I don't think the injury is long term, but a bit of a different story and we saw that today with with Memphis. But if he's on the floor, it works perfectly, and I think they're still the best team in the country.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think the thing about Houston is Houston every year kind of we get lulled and desensitized, to because it's like, oh, well, yeah, Houston's playing well, but they're not playing anyone of substance. That's really true this year, In you know, the American was really weak but i mean they're they're a really good team and we saw it last year when they when they took they really dismantled the number 1 seed Arizona they're so well rounded so well coached so physical um, if marcus sasser were to be out longer than expected i would have some concern but i i really like Houston out of this region um and the 8-9 matchup for for the right to play Houston or northern kentucky um iowa and Auburn
0: two more horrible teams Auburn's gonna win but I, I'm not gonna awesome debate that one.
5: I'm, I'm not gonna argue with Trent <laughs> that, that's
3: I I think I was not good they have to have a really good shooting night to uh to be competitive um I mean you gotta be doing something wrong if you get swept by Wisconsin unless you're Penn State Penn State gets a pass uh, but yeah, Iowa. I'm going Auburn. Yeah, I'm going Auburn
5: too.
1: Well, I'm I'm pretty happy. I my lean is Iowa, not for any particular reason. I think both of these teams are not very good and will get bounced regardless. Um, I'd like to note. I believe that was our first reference to the Wisconsin Badgers, and we're pretty deep into this. So I'd like to give a big. I did
3: mention when I was talking
1: about Antonio Reeves. I did mention Wisconsin, ah, but you're right. Yeah. So, second. Second one, still pretty pretty good. All things considered, um, yep. below that we have the Miami Hurricanes. Canes, sorry, um, against the 12 seed Drake. How are we feeling about this one? Shout out to Brandon Vitel. Shout out Brandon Vitel. Brandon to the Lambo. Um, I
3: mean, last year we kind of didn't. I mean, we kind of did. We said, "What if? It, what if?" St. Peter's, and now this year we got Miami. I mean, Miami's a good team. I think they've got the guys to do it. Uh, I guess it's a great coach, and he's put together a solid team. And uh, Drake, I think, gets a little bit slept on in this matchup. Tucker DeVries is 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 good. They're an old team. Don't get me wrong. Does that help them? Maybe a little bit. Miami, but I think this could be a potential twelve-five upset here.
0: I think the guard play of Miami is just going to be too much. Drake is a great more team, than but
1: yeah, more guards than Shawshank.
0: Especially since Nord Omir for Miami is out. I think for this first game, but man, Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong. That's just that's hard to pick against. Chad- so I got to go
1: Miami. I'm, I'm 100% with Trent. Um, the, you know, Omir being questionable, possibly not available. I think that's going to be big long-term, but I, with Miami, I mean, Miami is just so explosive. It's, it's all guards, man. I mean, you have Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller, Nigel Pack. They score, you know, a mile a minute They're They're just so fun to watch. And I think Drake is more than capable of pulling off the upset. But I'm, I'm big on this Miami team. I think they can make a deep run if they're able to get healthy.
5: That's the uh, second year in a row, Brandon, I still got a shout-out on the
1: podcast. Yeah, you got. he's he's a big – he might have – honestly, if Miami is in the Sweet 16, he might be added to the interjectors, at least for a segment. <laughs> Maybe just a segment. Um, next one, we have the four-seed Indiana Hoosiers – Taking on the 13-seed Kent State Golden. Trent, you want to start us off?
0: This is going to be a bloodbath where the Golden Flashes show that they're legit. I don't think people realize how good of a conference the MAC was in basketball this year. But Kent State is a very legitimate team. They have a lot going for them. They have really good guard play. They're super deep. They're experienced. You know, even this season, they've had to go on the road. They played a lot. I mean, I need to go look at the list. You know, is one of them. They went on the road to a lot of tournament teams and competed. I mean, lost by two to College of Charleston, lost by five to Houston, lost by seven to Gonzaga. This is a team that knows how to play in close games. They've been in those dogfights. They've been in tough environments this is a team that was prepared for March.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I think Kent state is a very solid team. And I think they probably, I I think I've said it. I think they were robbed of a tournament appearance last year with the whole controversy, controversy against Akron. Um, And here they finally get it. But the question is going to be is who contains trace Jackson Davis Obviously, Trent just mentioned it. Kent State's gone against some very good programs. They they played Gonzaga close, played Houston close. Charleston is obviously no pushover, but this is going to be another tough test. And um, yeah, I just think Indiana it it's going to be Trace Jackson Davis' show. If no one can really slow him down,
1: that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think um, sincere Carey is a stud. I watched a lot of the Mag tournament. They, I, I'm totally with Trent that I think Kent State is being slept on. This is going to be a great game that I think will go down to the buzzer. The guard play for Kent State will keep them in this game, but where I think Indiana is going to be able to to push past it is Trace Jackson Davis. I don't think there's a clear clear stopper from Kent State that'll be able to get that done and and Jackson Davis he's just a walking triple double he's been everything um that Indiana expected with his return so I think that's what's going to push Indiana to the next round but I I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if uh Kent State pulled off the upset
5: yeah uh, uh I like Indiana last year in this tournament and they returned Trace Jackson Davis and that's he's gonna go out there and show why he's probably one of the best bigs in the uh, nation.
1: Yeah, I'm uh totally with you there. The next one, so this is, is this our this our first one with a cross um eleven? is yeah. So we have the six seed Iowa State playing the winner of Mississippi State and Pitt. Um, so first, who do, who do we like out of that first four matchup?
4: I'll Pittsburgh. say this I think both of them can beat Iowa State. I agree. Yeah. But when it comes down to it if I have to make a pick uh I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Toe Smith is a, a dog. Uh Pitt was solid this year but I just I I don't think that they've been playing great lately. And that momentum's just not going to help them in Dayton.
1: Yeah. I think Mississippi, Mississippi was... State Oh go ahead 20. Go ahead, no, go ahead. Okay. I think Miss the thing about Mississippi State is I don't see them having the offense to make a true deep run in this tournament, but they are so tenacious defensively. Um, they're just one of the grittiest teams in the country that I think they're gonna be able to break down this pit team, get it to their style low scoring, kind of punch them in the mouth. Um, and from there I think they'll do the same thing to Iowa State. And I don't know if they'll necessarily go go super deep from there. But Mississippi State is such a tough team because they play so hard, so physical, um, and so well on defense. Yeah,
5: um, Pitt is a team full of old heads, but I think that's going to help them in this tournament. They're all they're all played the game. They're all older, so I think Pitt, I think Pitt's going to win this game, and if there's one Big Twelve team that's going to lose, it's going to be Iowa State to Pitt.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Pitt's going to win. I think they're. Again, they're super old. They have five or six guys that are scoring close to double digits. They have size. They have two seven-footers off the bench. I think it's going to be a super tight game, but I think pitch shot-making and their ability to just throw different guys out there is going to beat Mississippi State, and whoever wins is going to beat
1: Iowa State. Yeah, so we're all clearly clearly anti-Iowa State here. Um, yeah, once, once Iowa State lost Caleb Grill. Yeah, no, that's that kind of was- like – that's a big lifeblood part of
4: the program. Even though Iowa State had those wins against Baylor, I just – I think that's going to be a tough blow for them. He was a big part of their success last year. Um, and, yeah, I, I – I mean, they could. I mean, Iowa State's a solid team. They are battle-tested. But – I think that that loss is definitely going to hit them in March. And I'll go with Mississippi State over Iowa State. I think you guys are going pit, but.
1: Yeah, I'm I missing mean, I'm, I'm with you.
4: I think both of them, whoever wins that game, can beat Iowa State. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So then the 314 matchup in this is Xavier and Kennesaw State.
4: I really want Xavier to be good, but they're just they can be so cold so quick and you you never know which Xavier is going to show up. I don't, I don't think we're going to see Fremantle in this. I think that's official that he's going to be out for the season.
1: I think, yeah, I think uh, I, he's done. for
4: Yeah. Sully boom is, I mean, so good. And then he is he's just so bad and you, you don't know which one's going to happen. I could see Kennesaw State winning this game. I I really could. As much as I want to be a big Xavier guy, I'm going to – this one I'm going to go back and forth on. I'm going to lean Xavier just because they have a lot of potential, but you needed to show up for them to go on a run.
0: I think Xavier's got too much. I love Kennesaw State. They had a great year, but too much. Too much size.
1: I like, I like Xavier in this one for sure, I think. Um, they have that exciting guard play. There's no doubt that it's, you know, there's it, off and on games. We have that mixed with what uh, Trent was saying with size. It feels like Xavier might not be built. You know, I, I don't know if I, again, I don't know if I love Xavier for a true deep run, but I think, I think they can outlast Kennesaw State.
5: Yeah, I think Xavier is going to be one of those teams that they can go on a run. But
4: they can get cold easily, too, as well. you it's need like, you need to be sustained for sure. yeah
1: i think I think they'll they'll have enough offense to push through. I mean, as a team, they shoot shoot super well from three. So I feel like I think they can withstand this first one. Um, next one, this is this is an interest interesting one. I think this is really a match of two teams that that are super hot right now that probably don't love exactly where they're seated. Um, the seven seed Texas A&M and the ten seed Penn State.
0: Jalen Pick and Penn State are going to win this game. I think whenever they space them out, they can completely take away the on-ball pressure that Texas A&M is so good at. And I think they're they're shot making their ability to get in that lane because how well they space the floor. I think Penn State's going to win this one big, and they're going to have a chance to go deep in the tournament.
4: I said this earlier in the year. It was going to be this quick of a turnaround, but Shrewsbury Shrewsbury's turn Penn State around. They're a tournament team. and they played fantastic. They're, you know they they had a shot at the end today against Purdue. Um, and they've got the guys for it. they They know how to win close games. Texas A and m is playing really good basketball too, but I just I think it'd be a great story to see Penn State win a tournament game. And they could go on a run.
1: whoever wins this, I think is going to go on a run. Uh, I think Texas and is brutally um underseated. They're just they're they're just such a fun team. They play so well, so cohesive as a unit on on both sides of the ball. Obviously it didn't go the way they wanted today. Um, and they're not, you know, compared to a lot of teams, a lot of teams shoot the three really well. They're not one of those teams but it feels like they have so many different playmakers that can get it done. Uh, Wade Taylor has just been an absolute stud. Um, Tyrese Radford feels like he's been in college basketball for a long time, had success at Virginia Tech. That's translated it. at AM. Henry Coleman, a legitimate force inside. Um, then you got like a spark plug player like Dexter Dennis, who um, fifth year guy, there, there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of talent. And despite the that loss, I mean, look, Texas A&M really almost won. They 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 finished second in in the SEC. They they had a spectacular year by by all measures, and I, I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup. Penn State with a with an electric backcourt, two hot teams. It's unfortunate that that one of them is going to have to go home. Um, I like Texas A&M, and I think Texas A&M is going to go far. Um and just just for reference, we're not cutting off Trent Sweeney or, or, for that matter, Jackson Francois. They they sadly had to depart, so you just have the three of us. Um, but then last matchup in this region, Texas Colgate, the two fifteen. Joey, let's let's just get it out of the way. Let's hear it. All
3: right, I think Colgate. I've kind of said this for the last couple of weeks. I think this team could have so close to the last two years Arkansas I think for at first people kind of chalked it up to oh they played close it was just a bubble game you know Then last year gonna be our third Wisconsin reference they they gave Wisconsin a game and that was a, a very scary one in Milwaukee at that here against Texas I do think they kind of get they get the shaft a little bit The lack of bid stealers this year in the conference tournaments really underseeds them and puts them at a 15 in a really tough matchup with Texas. But if they're on, Texas isn't, and I think we've kind of seen them be capable of that, despite them obviously just winning the Big 12, they can do something. They can shoot the three. Keegan Records has great touch around the rim a perfect storm where Colgate has an upset win, third time's the charm, pushed through to the round of 32.
0: War of attrition. Texas wins by whatever they want in the second half.
3: Um, And I think that that's also going to be a big thing. Colgate be sustainable enough that they can go the whole 40 minutes with whoever's in front of them. I think that's been a big part of why they can't push through. But if they can do it, is their year. They, they've returned everyone except Nellie Cummings, and maybe it, this is March. This is March.
1: Look, it's it's not hard to sell on Colgate because, look, they're number one on Torvik in uh, efficient field goal. They're the number one team in three-point percentage. They're number seven in two-point percentage. Um that's how you win these upset games is you're gonna have to you're gonna have to shoot the other team off the court. With that being said, Texas um is deep. They're a fun blend of experience. Um and a lot, you know, guys from different places. You talk about Marcus Carr, uh, Timmy Allen, Tyrese Hunter. There's just there's a I think there's too much for Texas, but but I can I can see it. Like I'm not I think there is, on top of possibly Joey just feeling it with the vibes, I think there's also some legitimate, le- legitimate backing to to a Colgate upset. And it, look, it's a two fifteen. There's no perfect storm where you're gonna be like, okay, I really like this for the fifteen seat, But it's if you, if they can shoot like they, you know, like the numbers say, they can they can at least make it a good game.
3: And I'll Let say me- this: I don't, I don't hate Texas. I, I think they could go on a run in this tournament as well. I love Marcus Carr. I think he, his ability to take over games and how many years he's been playing college basketball is extremely evident. Tyrese Hunter had a great mar- March last year with Iowa State. Timmy Allen's capable of being a, a presence uh, in the post some it, it, at times, and. They're a good team, and I think they persevered really well. The Chris Beard. I think that they can't go on a run. I it's just I feel the March vibes of Colgate. I think this could be their year. It It's a difficult pick, that's for sure. And I think it's a lot difficult, a lot more difficult than people are giving it credit for.
0: Colgate's a great team. And I think it's going to be a fun game to start, but I don't – I just – Texas has too much. I think Texas should be able to throw out so many different people. You know, Colgate's got to be perfect. Texas doesn't. They could play a bad game and still win.
1: Texas goes ridiculously deep. That's that's worth noting. Yeah. Um, okay, so that, that concludes the Midwest region. Who do we like out of the Midwest?
0: I think whoever wins between – here here's the thing. I think this is a region really based on injuries for me. I think if Sasser gets back in time for the Sweet 16, I think Houston is a shoe in at that point. I think Houston's just levels ahead of everybody else. With Miami, it really comes down to if O'Meara comes back. I think if Omir comes back and Sasser doesn't, Miami's going to win. And if neither of them come back, I think Kent State is going to win the region and go all the way to the Final Four.
3: That's definitely, I I mean, the, the injuries are definitely huge. Omir and Sasser are two crucial parts to their teams. Sasser is definitely the, would be the biggest loss for Houston. I still think they're a good team, but they're not a one seed without Marcus Sasser. If Marcus Sasser comes back... I it, it mean, it's it's no contest. I think Houston's going going to the Final Four, and I think that could be a team of destiny thing, with the Final Four being in Houston. However, if not, I think they're going to run into some problems, just like Trench has said. Um, I've kind of been going with these lower seeds, not necessarily like the two through four, five, whatever. If i I kind of want to go with another lower seed. Penn State can go go on a run. I think they are if they do run into Texas, they have they have the depth. They've got the backcourt for it. And I think that they could go to the Final Four.
1: Um, obviously the Sasser stuff is worth noting. And you know, if he were to be out really an extended period of time, it's it's noteworthy, but I think Houston's gonna run a rough shot through here. Um I really like Miami too. I just think Houston is gonna be able to put Miami in a box. Miami's not gonna be able to to really shoot lights out the way that they try to and try to speed it up. You know, really run them out. Um, I I think Houston Houston's gonna sleepwalk to the final four.
0: I mean, if yeah. they're healthy, I just don't think there's a contest anywhere. If they're healthy, I don't think there's a team in the country then man for man matches up well with them.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, that doesn't on. mean they're not beatable, because they obviously are, but...
1: Yeah. Um, we're on our final region now, the West, um, starting off with the one seed, known you know school in the western part of America, Kansas, um, taking on the 16 seed, Howard. I mean...
0: Kansas uh, by a million.
1: I have a hard time seeing No need
0: to analyze.
1: Yeah, I mean, K- Kansas. Yeah, sorry, um, Kansas. Next one, eight nine. This is this is an interesting one. We have two pretty talented teams in Arkansas and Illinois.
3: Again, two think, horrible yeah. teams. I I don't even know if horrible. I mean, Illinois, eh. Arkansas, talented teams they, don't play well. I think Arkansas can go on a run here. Um, Talents coming back, Nick Smith, they've got got the guys for it. They could upset Kansas. I think they've got the talent to give them a run. Like you kind of just said, talented teams don't necessarily mean anything. But riding the must bus, I think they could go on a run.
1: I like Arkansas. Um, I think it's been an up-and-down year but we've seen what they can be at their best and what they can be at their best is a really scary team. Uh, they're young, obviously with being led by, by Nick Smith jr. Who's been hampered by injuries. Um, but I also think you look at a guy like Ricky council, he's, he's just so tough. He's been such a huge contributor transferring from Wichita state. Uh <sighs> No, not a bad team at all in Illinois. There's just nothing, nothing I love about Illinois. I, can, I I think if we're talking about really making a run, I I like the idea of Arkansas. Um, when you're talking about Nick Smith, Ricky Council, Anthony Black, there are just so many different guys that I think you could see going off. Um, and, and being you know those big game contributors. Um, I mean again, Illinois, solid team. You talk about Terrence Shannon, uh, Matthew Meyer, it's they're they're not anything to sleep on, but my lean is Arkansas.
0: I think you know, you said Arkansas can be a very scary team with the athleticism and the length that they have. If they are, if they have a good shooting line, especially, they could really be an eight in the country. But I just I've watched them too much this year and seen them fail to do it so. I think Terrence Shannon has a huge game, and I think Illinois wins a close one.
1: Yeah. Um, next one, we have the St. Mary's uh, as a 5 seed, taking on the 12 seed VCU. I, think I love how VCU.
0: I love how VCU's playing right now, but St. Mary's yeah. too much for him.
3: Yeah, VCU's Playing great ball, but St. Mary's obviously—they're um, a good team out of the west, the, the west coast. But it's a tough draw for BCU. I'm gonna lead towards Aiden Mahaney. Go with St. Mary's.
1: St. Mary's. If you know anything about me, if you read any of these, you know my articles. I'm a big St. Mary's guy. Um, I think. They just play such stout defense. They're so fundamental. It feels like they're a tough team, you know, to pull an upset on. Obviously, it's, you know, VCU's a solid team that I think could, but I think St. Mary's is gonna be able to kind of dominate that tempo, be able to slow it down, um, and kind of honestly handle it, handle it pretty well. Um, I like I think I like St. Mary's.
3: Something to look at, though. Again, just playing devil's advocate, and this is a very nitpicky thing. I wonder how this game being in Albany, that cross-country travel, can that play a factor? The other three teams in your 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 four group of four there, they're all East Coast. Are you going to be able to have that energy in the building? Are you going to have to bring your own juice? And how much juice are you going to have? Sometimes I could play a factor, and I think we've seen that with teams in the past. We'll see, but I still think St. Mary's is a, a solid team, and I like—I do like them to beat BCU. Yeah.
1: Um. Next one, we have uh, the four seed UConn taking on uh, Patino and Iona.
0: You know, Patino coach teams are always going to be good, but. UConn's got too much. Chanoa a dominant force, and I don't think they're going to have an answer for him.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of like –
4: I feel like we've seen this last couple of years where we see – you know, like it's hard to pick against Rick Pitino, and he hasn't really pulled out
3: that win just yet. Obviously, it is, it's tough to uh, to win Diona. Especially when you're going against these two, three, four seeds. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm still going to go with UConn. Um, they, I mean, Trent just said it. Adamas Sonogo's been fantastic in the Big East this year, and not really much of an answer there for the Gales.
1: I think UConn is going to blow them out of the water. I think Sonogo will have a double double. I think Jordan Hawkins might score twenty points. Um, I think the whole Patino thing's a little overrated. He's obviously fantastic, but I just think they're so overmatched against a great Yukon team. So I th- I think Yukon will steam ahead. Um, then the next one we have another six versus plan, Six seed being TCU taking on the winner of Nevada versus your Arizona State Sun Devils. So we'll start. Who do you guys like in, in the plan game?
0: Nevada's kind of been reeling lately. Arizona State's going to
3: win. I'll go Arizona
0: State for you, Jer.
3: I'll say of these three teams, I mean, Arizona State's playing really good – of the three, Arizona State's playing really good basketball lately. If you would have asked me a little over a month ago, I would have said no contest and TCU's coming out of this. But I think things are starting to change. These three teams kind of a little bit more even – ASU over Nevada. You and ASU just with, thing with Eddie Lampkin. Um, that's gonna be a big factor on if they can go on a run. I mean, TCU, on paper in the Big Ten, they they're a fun team to watch this year, and they could have gone on a run, but I think things are starting to just run out of gas for them down the stretch. I'll go ASU, and then I guess I'll go ASU to beat TCU.
1: Yeah, um, ASU-Nevada, I think, is going to be a really good game. Nevada struggled kind of pretty brutally down the stretch, including including a, a loss to Wyoming. Uh, they didn't win a game in the in the conference tournament. But they got guys. Um, you think of some of the most iconic teams in the last several years in March Madness. My mind goes to the Oregon State Beavers, um, and Jared Lucas was a part of that team. He is now in Nevada. He's their leading scorer. Um, They have another guard, Blackshear, that can score. They have a legitimate big man, Will Baker. They have all the pieces, but it just the the momentum is not there with Nevada. And ASU is a weird team. I think ASU could beat just about any team in the country and also lose against any team in the country the way that they – it doesn't matter if they're shooting it well. They are going to shoot it regardless of if it's a good look. Um, And I think – you know, with that, there there also is some experience um, of, of some older guys. And you have, not that it should really matter, but you have a little bit of a revenge game. Desmond Cambridge and uh, Warren Washington transfers from Nevada. I think ASU just has a little more momentum going into it. I think, especially, I think, an X factor in this game and in the tournament, if he's healthy, he's been out with a concussion. Austin Nunez, their freshman guard, He's a spark plug. And I think if he's able to get minutes in the tournament and get healthy, I think he'll be a guy that that'll be a big contributor. So I like ASU there. And throughout the season, I've always been on TCU. I'm like, I think, I think TSU is going to get it. TSU's had their ebbs and flows, but I always felt like TCU was going to turn it around. And at this point, I just, I don't know. It feels like the vibes around uh, Fort Worth aren't there. Like Joey was kind of referencing Eddie Lampkin. It, you know the the pieces are certainly there um, when you have that whole team together. Mike Miles, Damian Baugh, they bring back. You know they brought back everyone from a from a TCU team that looked, you know, dangerous last year that almost took down number one Arizona when I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, but I don't know. I I'm gonna I'm gonna take ASU over Nevada and TCU. And there might be some homerism in that. It's just it, – it has more to do with the uncertainty around TCU than necessarily loving loving ASU or Nevada.
0: I've got TCU big, big over ASU. You know, I don't think Lampkins even played most of the season. TCU's coming off a win against Kansas State and a close loss to Texas. I think TCU's just going to be overly talented compared to either of those teams. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's yeah, – I. I- I definitely agree with that. I don't feel particularly high on ASU Nevada. It's kind of, kind of the opposite of how I feel about the other 11 seed first four matchup. It's really just going to come down to what's TCU going to come out with as opposed to me liking the other teams um, coming out of Dayton. Um, again, I think TCU is capable of it. Mike Miles is good. Um, we, we saw them go on a bit of, I, I guess, kind of a bit of a run last year. I also, like, kind of just throwing this in there, I think there's a of the team. That, that's a big word I just threw out there. Uh, of these teams that went on runs last year and expecting that to just kind of carry over, I think North Carolina is a prime example of that. is capable of it. Vibes be there. That is the, a major question
1: in March. Vibes, baby, it's all about the vibes. Um, next one, three seed Gonzaga, fourteen seed Grand Canyon. I think Gonzaga will beat them by twenty-five.
0: Zags by forty. I don't think this one needs
3: any analysis. No. Gonzaga should win this game. But then again, I, I it could be one of those games that. No analysis needed. and you never know. Gonzaga that's... finds a Gonzaga finds a way to be in a weird, close game the first weekend. It's just like it's clockwork the
1: the best argument against a against, you know, a possible Gonzaga blowout or even to the point of saying that maybe uh, Grand Canyon's going to win this game. it would be that this is March. And that's about all I can really say to it. um. Yeah. Next, going down the seven ten, the surprise out of the Big Ten: Northwestern taking on uh, Mountain West foe Boise State. Northwestern's had a
0: great year, but you go ahead, Joe. You're the Big Ten guy.
3: I'm Big Ten guy. I've obviously watched Northwestern a few times. Um, it, it, they're kind of similar to Marquette, a very opposite team, but. They are they're very solid defensively. They've got a great backcourt. Chris Collins, well-deserving of Big Ten Coach of the Year. He's really resurged this Northwestern team. It, it's interesting how they, I mean, they were second in the Big Ten this year, but they were one free throw in that Rutgers game away from being ninth, just how those tiebreakers worked out. Interesting
1: that uh, with all of that, Wisconsin ended up being behind Nebraska. Just an interesting note. Continue. Yeah,
3: I mean it really is. um, You know, things happen in the Big Ten, and you know, either one that brought it up, not me. Um, But you know, Northwestern find a way to win games. Will that be sustainable in March? Those teams that just find a way to win, you think that pans out, but it doesn't, and. I think they should beat Boise State. I just I think when they run into UCLA, they should run into UCLA. It's just it's not going to be it's not going to be close UCLA despite being injured. I I just I I don't think Northwestern is going
4: to go on a run.
0: I mean Northwestern's had an amazing season, you know, to finish second in the Big 10, but They've played way too many close games for my liking. They've lost to a lot of bad teams. You know, they've been really reliant on just finding ways to beat good teams in super close games. And they're kind of on a skid right now. So, I mean, I'm leaning Boise State. I think it's going to be really close especially since Northwestern's got the size on them. I think having a seven-footer in your starting lineup is huge in March whenever you're playing teams like Boise State, but I think Boise State's length on the wings is just as good, if not better, than Northwestern's. I think Boise State's going to pull out a close one.
1: Yeah, San Diego's own Shabuzo Agbo 6-7 um, uh, on the wing for Boise State. This could go either way. There's a lot of fun guard play in this. Um, and, you know, Rice and Shaver obviously exciting on that end. Then you have the duo at Northwestern. It's going to be I really think it's a coin flip. I I just, I'm going to go Northwestern. I think they can maybe buy a couple more stops on defense. Won't necessarily be necessarily the prettiest game, but I think it should be a super intense, close game. Um, and I think either way, whatever team wins is going to struggle with UCLA, who is the last team at the bottom of this taking on UNC Asheville. Um. Yeah.
0: Shout out I mean, Bulldogs. UCLA wins, but shout out Bulldogs.
1: Shout out Bulldogs, of course. Yeah.
3: They almost weren't here. They almost weren't here. Um, if
0: this if there was were to be a 15-2 upset this year, this has got to be the one. I don't see it happening, but Drew Pember's the best one of the, one of the best players in the country. One of the best players in the tournament. I
3: think um I mean, this is March. We just said it. Um I think despite UCLA being injured, they really should have won that Arizona game, but they didn't. And uh, um I think this is, this is their weekend to lose. They've got to be able to overcome those injuries. They still have the great play. Um they still have great players. And we've seen them go on a run. This is their weekend to lose. They should be in the Sweet 16. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, the injuries are notable with losing Jalen Clark is really big. Even if, I mean, he, he became really one of their, their primary options on offense. I'd say third behind Hawkes and uh, Tiger Campbell. But he's one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the country. That's a huge loss. But we saw them go toe-to-toe with Arizona without him, without Adembona, who I think should be back. Um, UCLA is not a team to sleep on. Certainly should get by UNC Asheville. And despite the injury woes and despite them, like, not being a sexy team, I'm not, you know, I'm obviously by no means a UCLA fan. They just find ways to win, um, and I, that'll serve them well in March. So that's, that's 64 in the West. Who do we like coming out of the West?
3: Again, Kansas is the boring chalk pick. But if I have to go with a, a mid seed to go on a run, I do like Arkansas, but it, honestly, this is one that I'm going to go with like a little bit of a higher seed. I like UConn. I, I like Sanogo. Obviously, they're the number one team in the country for a hot minute, and then they went on a cold stretch. But that's kind of it. Kind of just seems like life in the Big East this year, like. Aside from really Marquette, you were kind of bound to go on a on a cold stretch, and I think UConn's starting to build it back up a little bit. Um, I like them to go on a run. I like these matchups for them.
0: I mean, yeah, I agree. I think whenever you look at lineup top to bottom, look at what they have coming off the bench, like what they have the starting lineup with Sonogo. I think UConn. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough because Kansas is there. But I have UConn squeaking out this region and going to the Final Four. I think their experience, shot-making, having a dominant force, having multiple reliable guys off the bench, having length and size at every position are all huge things in March. I think UConn gets it done.
1: I think this is the year for Gonzaga I do. Um, I think they – are just so talented so deep and it feels like you know this year they're coming in with slightly less hype you know not by no means you know not well seeded they're a three seed but it feels like a lot of years they're coming in as the one feels like they have no business not being in the final four but this year this is obviously not not an easy draw by any means with ucla kansas uconn but Drew Timmy is just still so fantastic, one of the best players in the country. And then their supporting cast is just incredible. Um, Julian Strawley's really developed as as a significant piece. Anton Watson, Rasir Bolden, and then you have guys off the bench. The biggest thing is is Malachi Smith, who was, you know, a March Darling last year as the face of Chattanooga. Now he's at Gonzaga. He started one game all year long. He only averages. You know, about nine points a game, but he's a guy who you have him off the bench. There, you know, I I don't know if there's a player coming off the bench in this tournament that can make the impact that Malachi Smith can have on the game. Uh, that's not even mentioning, you know, like Hunter Salas. They're just, there's just so much talent. They're so well coached, um, can beat you in, in so many different ways. I think this is the year where Gonzaga breaks through. Um, you know, they're, they're just, they're so fantastic on offense They're by, by just by any metric, you'll find they're the best offensive team in the country. I like Gonzaga to go there. I think, I think Gonzaga can go all the way to the national championship. I don't know if they're my national championship pick, but I think they can get there. Um, so yeah, do we have anything else to add? Do we want to give our national champion picks or do we want to wait? I think
0: we should do our preliminary Final Four National Championship picks. And then whenever we get down to Sweet 16 or whatever, we can revisit Yeah, and do it from there. All
1: right, Trent, lead us off then.
0: So coming out of the South, I had Virginia. Coming out of the East, I had Duke. In that matchup, I think we've already seen this game happen multiple times this year, including on Saturday. Duke's going to win a nail-biter. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be close. But I think Duke is too hot and has too much going. Duke goes to the national title game. On the other side, I have Houston and UConn. You know, I said Houston's the best team in the country. But I think if UConn can make it this far, I think UConn's going to beat Houston. Again, a super close, low-scoring game. And I think the Yukon Huskies are going to cut down the nets and knock off the Duke Blue Devils to win a national championship.
3: Kelly? Um, because I don't think I really have a set in stone, like, final four teams or teams that I like coming out of these. I think if I had to pick just one, just if Marcus Seth, and I said it, if Marcus Sasser comes back healthy, Houston Cougars are a force to be reckoned with. I think that it's just it's just meant to be. It's going to be in Houston. We'll let them cut down the nets. And um, yeah. team out of the American.
1: Nothing better than America, baby. Um, my yep. final four. And three of the four, I really like. The fourth one, we'll see where I end up with. Um out of the south, I have Alabama. I like that. Um, then the east is where I'm kind of shaky. I have Kansas State as of now, and I think in that matchup, I think Alabama could pr- will, will probably blow them out of the water. Um, Alabama's just so deep, and if I just think their size will will be a challenge for Kansas State. Then on the other side, I have Houston coming out of the Midwest and Gonzaga coming out of the West. That will be a fantastic game. I think that is must-watch basketball. Um, And I think push comes to shove. I like Gonzaga. I like, you know, big players making big plays. Marcus Sasser, Drew Timmy. Um, I think Timmy's the guy that puts it over the edge. He's been that guy for the last approximately decade in college basketball. I think he does it again. Um, Gets him back to the national championship but not, um, not to the point of being able to win it. I think, I think Bama will win. I think Alabama will win a a really great game. Gonzaga beat them in their, in their first matchup. I think this will be a shootout between two really fantastic teams. I just think Alabama is so well-rounded can, can shoot the ball so well, but even when they're off shooting, they find ways to stay in games and find ways to win. That's what's so impressive to Alabama about me. Um, So that's, that's my thoughts they might change by by Tuesday it might change by in 2 minutes that's that's just what I have as of now. Um and yeah do we do you have anything else to add before we call it a day on this uh selection You know what?
3: I'll, I'll try to pick a final 4 and it's going to be very wrong I'm just going to go off the vibes. So great I think them against Alabama if Creighton's playing hot and they will after having to play three games against quality opponents. I think they're going to be able to be hot enough to beat Alabama. East reasoning's still there, January, February. So a team in a in a division or a region where there's not really like this world beating team. That you know has no weaknesses. I trust Tom Izzo. Duke is Duke is a solid pick, but it, it's really gonna be tough to overcome over Roberts. And I, I just I, I like the consistency of MSU uh when it comes to March. Out of Midwest Houston and out of the West. Uh I do like UConn there. I'm still just going to go with Houston out of those four teams.
1: Sounds, sounds good to me. I mean, I just love March. the The anticipation – the more like, like when we get into the games, there's nothing like the games, but I was saying it earlier. It's like, as the selection committee is revealing the matchups, it's like on the go, you're like, Oh, I totally am going to pick this and that. And there's just such an excitement. When you're like, Oh my God, this is such a fantastic matchup. And we all, you know, we read the bracketologies, all the projections, but as it comes, there's just such a special feeling to it. And I, I really can't wait for this week. Um, I think we'll likely follow up with some extent of a more. Formal bracket breakdown, um, although we kind of ended up going into that today. But I'd expect we'll probably try to get another one in before the tournament gets off. Um, stay tuned for that, though. Obviously, throughout the tournament, you'll be hearing from us. Expect an article as well. Um, do you guys any have any anything else, any plugs?
0: Just, Just enjoy March. March.
1: This is March, baby.
0: This is the best time of the year, best sporting event ever. I mean, nothing beats it. the vibes. You know, the excitement, the thrill, the agony. There's nothing like March.
1: This is March. Um, so, yeah, as always, check out the blog, the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wixsite.com. Follow the Instagram at the redshirt. That's where you'll see about new podcasts, new blogs. Uh, follow the Twitter at the redshirt blog. Sometimes I post on Twitter when I write articles or record podcasts. Sometimes I don't. You might as well follow. Give it a chance. Um, And yeah, that'll just about conclude this episode of the Richard podcast. We appreciate you guys for sticking around and listening. We'll see you next time.